the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the third and final part in our series on prayer in the Bible. In this recording, Dave takes a look at prayer in general. The main reading is Psalm 55. So the last few um, weeks we've been talking about prayer, the most important thing, our very breath, and we're going to persist with that. We looked at Joshua's prayer, we looked at the burden of prayer last week, uh, getting us into the Lord's presence, and um, today we're just going to generally, as I said last week, I did find my notes after when I went on, uh, there are over 650 prayers in the Bible, you say have you counted them? No. Um, 25 prayers to Jesus, and of course, we know very clearly that they said that Jesus teaches us to pray. Mm-hmm. They knew, didn't tell him to teach him to do miracles. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. That's what we need. That's what we need. And um, <clears throat> Spurgeon said, prayer will make you leave off sinning, or sinning will leave, make you leave off praying. And um, that, that, a lot of wisdom in that. Over the years, um, my, many great men and women of God have, have been used of God, blessed of God, and sadly we've seen some fall by the wayside and fall into sin. And I can guarantee, I can guarantee every one of them have either got so busy they've forgotten the most important thing, which is uh, their relationship with the Lord. And uh, we can, the devil don't mind us being busy, does he? Because he takes us out of that, which is most important. And of course, eh, those with big, big churches, they can get caught up with administration, goodness knows what. And, lose, and, and Spurgeon's very wise there. Um, so we can look at, again, our heart. What are we, what God longs for us, and, and prayers in particular circumstances, how God asks us and God desires that. Well, first, first where are we to? Romans 8, 12 to 16. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave, again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. There's where, where's our, our, again, I always get a, always get a good, good foundation. The basic uh, teaching of the word of God is that we are children of God. And again, that comes back to having good, good family. That's why the devil destroys family life, because it, we can't then understand that he's a father. Mm. And with our fathers, if we needed something, what do we do? We went to him, didn't we? Dad, I need a couple of bob. All right, I'll pay you back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, n- not always happened. Uh, but th- that picture of intimacy, fatherhood, uh, talking, communicating, um, it is is the very first uh, foundation. Of course, the uh, the um, kingdom uh, manifesto, Matthew five, uh, the great teaching from that was father, father. Mm. Living like him, loving him, serving him, knowing him, becoming like him. Um, so that's how. So when we, when we, someone said to me the other day, "Oh, and, um, 
something about prayer, I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, now, careful now. Mm-hmm. Now, prayer's not easy, I'm not saying that, but it, it, there's a heart to pray. Why? Because we are, we are born again, and there's no, there's no desire, there's no pull to come into God's presence, who is God Almighty and Father, then there's, there's an issue there, there's a problem. Um, because ultimately, the Bible says, oh, the Spirit of God in us cries, Abba, Father. Um, uh, so there's a, there's, a, there's a longing, there's a, there's a willingness, even though sometimes, as we, as we said before, um, it, it difficulty, we've got to discipline ourselves, we've got to press in and, and that. So that's the heart of who we are, but more than that, it's the will of God. Now then, there's no argument then, is there? People say, oh, well, and we said it, I think, last time or time before, when we see a church that stops praying, then that church will not, well, certainly won't function as a church for long. Now, a church can go on uh, because people are religious. We look at the Revelation, the Odyssey, a church was going on quite well, in fact. It was going very well. But the Lord was nowhere near the place. He was outside, very clear. I'm trying to get in. But to function... And to be effective and to see people grow and people see saved, there's got to be, uh, we've got to move in the will of God, of course. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah, very, very clear, isn't it? This is the will of God. Give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, Dave. Rejoice. Oh, bless the Lord. Pray continually. Pray continually. That attitude that, Lord, I'm, I'm walking with you day by day. You, obviously, the Holy Spirit's within us. Although so often we ignore him. We don't listen to him. We don't listen to his proddings and pleadings and guidings. But, Lord, let's walk in the will of God. Praying that God um, uh, attitude, in a sense, God aware attitude that we are walking with him. And that's why Enoch about says he walked with God and he was not because God took him on. God was pleased with him because he was his day by day. He was walking with the Lord. So that's the will of God, of course. And then uh, the Bible tells us what our devotion is. And again, thankfully, uh, there's no argument then, is it? People say, well, I'm not sure about what to do here, what to do there. Thankfully, the Bible tells us what to do every day. Talked about what he tells us to do every day. Praise him, pray get into his presence, die daily, all those kind of things. He tells us what to do, and he tells us what to be devoted to. Um, Romans 12. Again, this is the Romans 12, is the working out of salvation and, and the pract- practical living. Uh, Romans 12, 10 to 13. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another and love yourselves. Never be lacking in seal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. <clears throat> Again, I use this word faithfully. Actually, the word is devoted to prayer. Of course, the Bible is very clear. We're devoted first and, foremostly, first and foremost to him. He's our devotion, isn't he? He's the priority in our life. Then the people of God, the body of Christ. And that's, again, when people say, well... They don't need to go to church. Well, again, mm-hmm. no understanding of God's word or God what God wants. We've got to be devoted to one another. And that's how you you grow, because you've got to be you've got to show the fruit of the spirit to people you don't particularly always get on with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. To his work, but ultimately the Bible says be devoted to prayer, because that's 
where you, you begin to know him and love him and serve him. God's heart is for us to come to him. Uh, I just, <clears throat> I read from the cover to cover every year and I was just going through Lamentations. Lamentations is obviously Jeremiah speaking. And uh, it's, it is, as he says, he's lamenting. He is pouring out his heart. And, and uh, this is these lovely verses here, some great verses we know of. We sing steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It's from there. Uh, Lamentations 3, I think. Uh, but listen to Lamentations 2, 18 and uh, 19. The hearts of the people cry out to the Lord. You, you walls of daughter Zion, let your tears flow like a river, day and night. Give yourself no relief, your eyes no rest. Arise, cry out in the night, as the watchers of the night begin. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint from hunger at every street corner. It's a great verse, isn't it? The prophet, pour out your heart to the Lord. For what? For the, for the children, for your children. <clears throat> we can't pour out our hearts for our kids and, and the kids generally. Now, as we, we pray every morning, what they're inundated with and uh, they're thrown at. He said, cry. Let the tears flow, he said. Pour out your heart. Um, of course, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. But Jesus was the one who cried. Remember, don't forget Jesus. Loud cries and tears we looked last week. Why? See, when we have the, the heart of God, God's heart breaks, doesn't he? He grieves. When he sees people uh, disobeying his word, going their own way, because he sees the consequences of it. He sees the end result, uh, not just in this life, of course, but eternity. Um, so the Bible is, is very clear, isn't it? Uh, God longs for us to be in his presence, longs for intimacy more than anything else. Pour out your heart to the Lord. Uh, don't mourn to anyone else, mourn to him. Get in his presence. Hallelujah. And so you come out of uh, his presence, so you don't have to mourn to anyone else then. Full of the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's a few prayers we'll go through. Because God longs to put his hand upon us. Uh, man, uh, evangelist, don't know this evangelist, or many years ago probably, uh, John Rice uh, once wrote, he said, I had a dream one night, I was in heaven. He said, and the angel Gabriel was uh, uh, giving me a tour. And he said, I saw a big building. He said to uh, Gabriel, he said, what, what, what is that building across there? He said, oh, no, you don't want to see that. He said, if you see that, you'd be pretty disappointed. He said, and of course, when he said that, he said, I want to see it then. He said, I want to see that. He said, okay, then. He said, I insisted. And uh, as we went into this particular building, large building, there were gifts all wrapped and ready to be sent. Millions, millions of gifts. Gabriel said, he said, Gabriel, what, what are all these? He said, and, and uh, Gabriel sort of sadly responded, we wrapped these things, but people never asked for them. People never asked for them. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. People never asked for them. Let's read uh, um, yeah. well-known well -known prayer. <coughs> 1 Chronicles 4, 19, 19 to, uh, 9 to 10. Jabez was more honourable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the, to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. 
and God granted his request. It's a great prayer because if you read the Chronicles, you're going to start reading Beget, Begat, and, and sometimes you're going to go very quickly. You might have missed that if you've skipped over it. And uh, very, very important. His character was the first thing God brought attention to. He was more honourable. There was integrity. There was character. And God looks for that. Um, and of course, when you look at his prayer, it wasn't a personal uh, prayer for self-aggrandizement. It was for the honour of the Lord. Um, remember uh, his past, what his mother had called him, what a stigma that is. Um, what well, we call our kids sometimes, don't we? Pains and uh, all those kind of things. But that was his name. That was his name, not a name that he, he His name meant a bringer of sorrow, a bringer of grief, a bringer of pain. <laughs> so in the school register, where's pain? Where's the pain? Every time he would have put his hand up. And uh, you see that, uh, we, sometimes we, uh, some of us who, I suppose, grew up in a sort of a rounded background, forget and don't understand the power of, of, of words and people, kids have been spoken and they've, you know, they've been said they're not wanted, their mistakes and, and you know, um, well, I was, I was, <clears throat> If that's not the Lord, um, I, I remember uh, these. I, I was a mistake, but not, not a mistake, mistake. Um, and so that that personal background was there, and that could have scarred him, and the, the, his past could have affected his history, his his future, and who he was. But thankfully, he, he cried on God. Oh, and we looked at that word last week, didn't we? Where there's the groan, that's internal expression of grief, an internal expression where there's no words to say. Holy Spirit is grieving and groaning through us. Lord, how long? How long, the psalmist said. How long? And the, the blessing of God. He wanted the favor of God. And um, the blessing of God is, is amazing. The Bible says, makes us rich and adds no sorrow. And um, that proverb there, um, that Solomon wrote, I think might have been referred to this. Because obviously the word brings no sorrow. Is obviously the, the same word as, uh, as, as Jabez. Um, so again, we talked about praying God's word and, and God's word influencing and inspiring us. Uh, and that's very true. If, if you read Word for the Day uh, last week, two weeks ago now, he talked about praying God's promises. And it's very good, isn't it? You know, Lord, I got a need you. Well, what's the word of scripture? I need guidance. Lord, I will guide you. I will, I will show you the way if you will call on me. What did he say there? I, I love that verse. We read it a couple of weeks ago. Pray, call on me, and I will show you great things and mighty things you'd never knew. He said to Jeremiah, hallelujah. So Jabez was calling the blessing of God. Um, five things he asked for, didn't he? Enlarge my coast. I want to grow in you. I want to know you more. Um, uh, to another level, let your, let your hand be upon me. See, then we know that it's not for his benefit. It's not for his personal gain. Because when the hand of the Lord is upon you, uh, his power and authority and his... his uh, his purity is on you, isn't he? When he, he got his hand upon you, he's always said, Dave, this, <laughs> you're my son. There's a bit more work to be done, Dave. <laughs> There's an area in your life here that I'm going to put my hand upon. And he's asking for that. He's asking for the, the grace of God, the power of the authority of God. Then he says, keep me from evil. Keep me from that which trips up. That uh, I, I see in, in, maybe in his brothers that have caused them. Of course, then he comes around full circle. Lord, let my past not affect my future. Let that which not have spoken over me from my mother uh, affect my future in you. Let me listen to your 
what you say about me, not what others say about me. And that's really important, isn't it? Um, what does the Lord say about us? And that goes right back to our first part, we are children of God. Doesn't matter what the devil says, doesn't matter what uh, people have said, um, uh, we are children of God. What does God say? What does God say about it? It says Jabez, Jabez calling on God, calling on God to do a lovely work in him. How about this one? Hezekiah, 2 Kings 9, 19. 2 Kings 19. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O God of Israel, which thou which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art God, and even thou alone, all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sinero Cherub, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the king of Assyria has destroyed the nations of the land, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood, stone, therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord of God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Yeah. Great difficulty. God longs it. We just read Psalm 54. Cast your cares on me, for I care for you. When this great difficulty drives us to the Lord. And Hezekiah, um, they'd already come, hadn't they? And they'd sort of drawn back. And then they sent a letter. And he took this letter, and I love it. He said, he placed it before the Lord. He said, look at this, Lord. This is what they're saying to us. This is what they are saying. And he, he, he see, what prayer and faith does, it doesn't, um, the Bible says, um, God speaks that which is not so it were, not the other way around. Sometimes we, uh, the Bible says of Abraham, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Ezekiah faced the fact that this army was coming, they weren't going to fight them. Impossible. And he says, look, we know, Lord, they've just wiped, they've just came right across the, from the, where they are, right west, and they've just destroyed every, every uh, country before them. And all the gods that they had... They know, he said, I know they weren't gods, but he's wiped them off, wiped them out, out of the way. So now God, come and save. Come and break in. Um, John Newton, we know these verses, the great verses. Thou art coming, you are coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power as such, none can ever ask too much. Mum used to quote that one. Large petitions bring. Ah, why? Because he's great, he's mighty. And uh, the Bible says they came and prayed. Isaiah prayed with them, and then Isaiah brought the word of the Lord. Don't you worry about it, Lord. I'll, I'll, I'll sort it out. God sends God sends one angel from heaven, one hundred eighty-five thousand men gone in a moment. Oh, we we do belittle our God sometimes, don't we? He is an awesome, mighty God. That's why John Newton said, "Large petitions bring," and so that when we are pressed in. Again, we talked about that last time. The Lord is just trying to lead us to him because he longs to be, longs for us to be in his presence. Um, in difficulty, praying God's word in spite of what God has done in the past, he can do now and he can do in the future. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the prayers I, I, I chuckle at most is this next one uh, with Jonah chapter 2. Jonah's running away. We know the story, don't we? And uh, he says, throw me in the sea which you could look at both ways. Either it was a suicide attempt um, or it was a, it was a stroke of uh, real faith. 
that God would supply and, and uh, you know, who knows? That's, mm. You can take it both ways. Because he didn't want to go. Um, and uh, there he was in the belly of a big fish, <clears throat> whatever fish he was. Big whale. Whales have swallowed people, certain whales. Um, and the Bible says, oh, there we are, John chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the, be- the fish to his belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed the deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and, and my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. <coughs> Amen. Lots of things going on there, isn't it? But when you say, well, I can't, I don't feel like praising the Lord today. I don't want to praise the Lord today. Thankfully, we have some great examples in the Word of God. Of course, we look at Paul and Silas. But we have Jonah in the belly of a whale. Now, just have a think. Pitch black, lovely smell, lovely odour. He's going to die. If he was not even already dead, <coughs> he begins to praise the Lord. Um, but we notice in Jonah's prayer at least at least 20 references direct and indirect to the Old Testament to Psalms the Psalms especially he knew God's word and in that time he prayed God's word that's see when you pray God's word you know you've got God's uh, authority and God's blessing and God God is behind it because it's his word and he's crying on God and he uses the Psalms and because he uses that uh, wonderful promise of um, Solomon and he went Solomon and prayed, Lord, when your people turn away, if they look back towards this temple and they pray to you and they look to you and what does he say? Lord, I look back, I'm looking, I'm looking and uh, remind, reminded of the promise of the prayer of Solomon and that's the power of praying God's word, knowing God's word and say, Lord, this is what you say, this is what you say, no, please, please. Enact it, enact it. Uh, so praying God's word, looking to him. <clears throat> now this is, a, uh, again, another verse we know very well. And um, we'll have a look at that. 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 12 to 15. The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Amen. So there's there's the promise that uh, Jonah was looking to, of course. 
That's a, that's a, we could say that's a very specific promise to Israel and to Solomon and the people of that. But we just look at that one. It is a specific promise to them. But thankfully it's a general promise as well because we look at a, a people who did exactly that, who weren't Jews, and we'll see how God, how God worked. Um, see, lots of, I mean, in fact, we would probably say the majority of promises in God's word are conditional. He says... This, look, if you fall with me, I will send um, drought, <coughs> a devourer, and disease. Then he says, if. Now, if is conditional, isn't it? If you do this, this will happen. Now, thankfully, there are some unconditional promises. There are some unconditional covenants that God made uh, to Noah, to Abraham, to David, unconditional. He said, in a way, he said, you know, he said, I won't flood the earth again. Abraham, this is your land. He said, Unconditional, doesn't matter what anyone says, this is yours. To David, David, you will always you will have a man, a Messiah, and a, a king to reign. And of course, then we come into the New Testament, the Lord says, I will build my church, irrespective of, you know, I will do it. Um, Old Testament, into the New Testament, I will pour out my spirit, hallelujah. That's his promise. And of course, the other one, I will come again. And uh, we can see that rapidly approaching but they are unconditional but this is very conditional but thankfully thankfully when we see it worked out if my people if my people first of all it's my people so again we go back to our first verse we're children of God so we are the if, if you like we are the answer you know sometimes we complain about this and that uh, well the Bible is very clear pray pray for the leaders pray for those in charge pray um, don't complain as we, we can do and nothing wrong with a bit of mourning and groaning but ultimately don't let that substitute for praying for them and to really grab a hold of them why because the Bible says we are the body of Christ we are his hands and feet if my people God isn't waiting for those to repent outside is he because they won't repent until they, they are really convicted <coughs> we, we as Christians the Holy Spirit is on us so we are, we are always uh, walking in, in a state in a sense of perpetual repentance and faith and dependence. Why? Because we know we need him at all times. We know that we, we trip and fall daily, don't we? And that's why we... And so it's, it's the people of God are, are the key, are the, um, are the answer. And of course, we turn again, thankfully that's God, isn't it? God at the centre, not man promotion. And I'm, I'm really concerned, isn't it? Oh, in the last days. And uh, we... We can be very, the church has got to be very careful. I, as we prayed this morning, Lord, do miracles, but do it in such a way that uh, man isn't exalted because we're so prone to uh, take glory and, 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 and the world does that. It, and we see that in churches. Uh, uh, help us, Lord. It's nothing to do with us. It's to do with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, turn from your wicked ways and seek the Lord. And, and uh, uh, the Bible is very clear. The prayerlessness, uh, uh, we can easily forget. Teach us to pray, Lord. Uh, take your word, seek your face, look to you. And then the Bible says, look, I will hear, I will forgive, I will heal. My eyes will be open, my ears attentive uh, when prayer is made in this place. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Uh, that is a great promise. And uh, now well, let's just say, well, that's a promise to the Jews. I wonder if we can take it to ourselves. Let's read uh, Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. Jonah's turned up now and he's gone to preach. He's gone to preach to the Ninevites and uh, this is what happens. Jonah 3, 4 to 10. On the first day Jonah started into the city, he proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. 
The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in, in, in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw that they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. So there's the promise of God from Chronicles. If my if people, again, they became their people, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear. So there's the promise to specific to Israel, but look, Nineveh took that promise and said, look, we fasting, we pray, we turn in from our evil ways. From the top down, oh, the Bible says God saw, God heard, God had compassion, and God didn't bring the impending um, uh, doom. What a great sermon that was, wasn't it? Sometimes we, we're afraid, aren't we? 40, 40 days and it's going to be wiped out. <laughs> not, not even any um, uh, offer of repentance or hope. But they said, look, we perhaps the Lord. Perhaps again, they'd heard about this great God of Israel who was, when he was true to his word, but he's also merciful when we called on him. Hallelujah. Um, so that's the promise. And that's the promise we can take for ourselves. But thankfully, Daniel knew the promise of God. Daniel knew. We have this great prayer of Daniel and Daniel 9. And uh, it started in God's word, started with who he was. Uh, he was, again, doesn't matter how old we are. Daniel was a very old man here. And uh, he, was, um, he saw the word of the Lord. He said, Lord, this is what you've said. Now let's see if we can um, bring it to fruition. Um, they said uh, of, um, uh, what do they say? Um, Men can spurn our appeals, reject our messages, oppose our arguments, even despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. Mary, Queen of Scots, thank you the Lord didn't allow her to reign too long, certainly reign in England, um, said of John Knox, I fear John Knox's prayer more than the army of 10,000 men. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, because he, he, when he prayed, he touched the heart of God. Touched the heart of God and would move nations. Daniel 9 then. It's a long one. Uh, 3 to 19. And I set my face unto the Lord God <clears throat> to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to keep them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly yeah. and have rebelled, even by departing from my precepts mm. and from my judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces 
as at this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, to all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. 11. Yes, all Israel, Israel have transgressed your law and have departed, so have not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him, and he has confirmed his word, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster. But under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yes, we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquity and understand your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he has done. Though we have not obeyed his voice, and now the Lord our God has brought your people out of the land of Egypt with mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is this day. We have sinned, we have done wick- wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquity of our fathers. Jerusalem and your people are reproach to all those around us. And now therefore our God hear the prayer of your servant and its supplication. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is which is desolated. Oh my God, he kindly open your eyes and see our desolation and the city which is called by your name. For we, for we do not present our supplication before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay. For your own sake, my God, for your city 
and your people are called by your name. Yeah, what a great prayer. What an absolute mighty prayer. An owning and no defence, no recourse, no excuse. Lord, we have sinned. We have rebelled. We've gone away. And he, he uses all the words he can muster. Lord, and we don't deserve anything. You are righteous to ignore us, to send us into exile. Absolutely. And uh, we become a reproach. And uh, that we can we can sort of liken that to the church can't we the church has become an object of scorn where it was the centre of society and uh, had a great influence now we are pushed to the side an object of scorn Lord Lord see it hear not because of anything we've done because of your great mercy Lord hear heal for, say, uh, for your sake do not delay it's, uh, that's a, a prayer worthy of praying on a daily basis prayer really uh, making our own prayer Bless the Lord. So he, he took, he takes that promise. If my people will turn, will confess, will seek my face. Lord, this is your word, but that word is still going to be prayed out and prayed through and enacted. Um, and that's that's the prophetic word. And our last um, reading tonight, God's, of course, God's purpose uh, for us, God's priority for us is prayer. But he says, now, don't, be, don't forget to be persistent. Persevere in prayer. Hallelujah. Luke 18. And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about man. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice to get my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about man, but because this widow kept bothering me, I would see that she gets justice, so that so that she won't eventually wear out, wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, "Listen to what the upright judge says. And will not God bring about the justice of His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth?" It's an interesting verse at the end, but um, ultimately Jesus is saying, now, press in, press in. There's a woman, and the Bible said, always, at all times, she would not faint, she would not weary. Why? Because the burden for, for justice was so important to her, necessary, that she was not going to give up. This man was unjust. He was an unjust judge. We say we've got a few of those, maybe. But uh, what he, he didn't want is being worn down, wearied from this woman. She was not getting weary. And, uh, of course, he uses the antithesis of, of, of the Lord, isn't he? Because, obviously, he is just. He said, if, if he will give justice, how much more will the Lord, who's just and fair? And then he drops this verse in uh, at the end. Again, remember the context. Mm -hmm. Will, when the Lord comes, will he find faith on the earth? The context is people who are persistently praying, persistently seeking him, after him, looking for him, intimate with him, dependent upon him. Of course, the sad thing about it in, in the Western world, in our society, we, we not necessarily have to be dependent on him because we have so much. But that's what the Lord is looking for. Will he come find faith? It's a rhetorical question. But the context is, will he find a people who are seeking him? Will he find a people who are persevering in prayer and will not give up until the Lord uh, breaks in and breaks out and through I got an example here, but I, I'll, I'll say that again about um, Count Zinzendorf, who started a prayer meeting uh, that went on for 100 years, which we'll look at sometimes.
Perhaps we should start it. We won't be. We won't be here. That's right. Yeah, we're here. Bless the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.